This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, and I'm joined by Mawera Karatai in Fakatani. Kia ora, Mawera. And who are we introducing today? Today, uh, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce my very beautiful cousin, um, who has come to us from overseas, Alice and her Gorgeous girls are staying with us from Waiheke Island, <laughs> which is as far overseas as you can really go at the moment. So, <laughs> so they're down here for the holidays, and, and Alice is an incredibly fascinating and talented woman, and thought she's this is going to be a really cool conversation. Um, Alice is a librarian at, uh, in Auckland. Um, she is a choir leader. She's a musician. She's an artist. Um, and a beautiful human being. So uh, welcome and thanks for joining us today, Alice. Kira, Alice, how has your bubble life been? Well, um, it was up and down. <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad to have it behind us, <laughs> some of it. Um, but there were other parts that were really lovely. Were you, you on Waiheke Island? Yeah, so I live on Waiheke. I normally work in Auckland City, but, um, well, when the libraries close at level three and four, I work from home as best I can uh, and also have, have to look after my two children, so who, who aren't at school when the lockdowns happen. It's a pretty nice place to be locked down. It was absolutely beautiful we had this kind of Indian summer in the first lockdown which was just just the most beautiful time um, spending with the kids and stuff there were some really lovely moments there really lovely are you close enough to a beach that you could go to a beach and it be local yes yes we we had we've got a few few different options of for beaches from where we are we can walk down to Blackpool or down to Mateatea or Oniroa, sort of all around that area. Uh, on one, one day we actually took a wrong turn and ended up taking a six-hour hike around the headland <laughs> with the two girls. They, they were really good. They did <laughs> it really well. It was a real adventure. And it would have been just locals. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know half of them. <laughs> well, they're normally in a swamp of other people. Yeah. So just seeing the locals on their own would have been eye-opening. I, mm, I, I suppose you're used to 
in life sort of handpicking the people you know to hang out with and interact with rather than being limited to a place and just having to you know fall upon whoever you fall upon from a distance as you're walking around the town so the libraries were closed but you also said you were doing some work from home what were you doing from home well there's you know preparing um speaking about yeah i guess people don't probably don't know you know, when you walk into a library and think, this is a librarian, the person that talks to me, you know, you don't see what goes on behind the scenes. There, are, There is, uh, you know, preparing events, programming, things like that. Also, I think people were trying to branch out and um, try new things. I'm not sure. At the first lockdown, we didn't actually have an internet connection. So, um, as well as, you know, having no time for myself with two kids and being a single mother, uh, I had no real, <laughs> I had what, I think my phone company gave me an extra hour of data per day, so I had a, a two hours a day of data. <laughs> and we tried to, um, we tried to prioritize schoolwork. That would have uh, made the, <laughs> the learning, the, the, the schooling from home tricky. The, what? Sorry. The learning from home would have been tricky. Yep. Yeah, and in fact, I I gave up on. I found it very stressful trying to follow the teacher's lesson plan, being com, um, confined to that one hour of data. It was just such a stressful space uh, in at a stressful time anyway. Uh, so I just gave up, and, and we did we did unschooling. You know, we but we did some really cool stuff. You know, maths things. You know, at primary school, right? So I can do most of the things that the girls need to are going to learn. So I can read. I can, I can add. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I have, you know, teachers do a lot. Uh, but you know, when you've just got your own two children, they they're just bubbling with questions all the time, and and you're you're always teaching them constantly. So did you treat it as projects and? No, we I, we just lived, um, and then the learning came out of that. I, I guess it's, um, I, I think, when when you think of a learning in, in a Maori context traditionally is not nothing at all like school. It's more like you don't know you're learning until suddenly you realise you know all this stuff, right? So it, it was like that. It was a kind of, um, you know absorption of the world uh, kind of approach. <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't well thinking about it. It was more of an intuitive thing if I'm talking about it than a, um, you know, let's do this and, you know, it wasn't, yeah. So were they happy to go back to school when that was allowed? They were thrilled. Well, yes, my, my younger daughter was so looking forward to go, going back and seeing her friends. But that said, the first day back at school, I think the alert level two, so uh, we weren't, we're no longer allowed to go into the school and drop them off uh, to their classes. Uh, we had to drop them at the gate, which we've never done really, <laughs> to be honest. I like to go in and be part of, you know, see who's there and say hi to the teacher and the other kids and stuff. And so it was, you know, we had to adapt from that first day, but it was fine. It was fine after that. The first day was a bit tough.
And you've just gone through a second lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, it was lockdown two and lockdown one for me were so different to each other. Uh, in lockdown one, there was I, I felt a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. Uh, it was this this new thing that was like it felt unheard of. You know, it sort of smashed us in the face. Um, the the whole COVID thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, just feeling so worried that, you know, every normal thing that you take for granted in your life might um, cause someone to die, you know, especially people that you love, thinking about people in your life that are older or have more risk factors, you know, just the thought that um, just going out and living your life as normal might put them at risk is just terrifying to me. Um, and the second one, you were like, we can do this? <laughs> uh, well, the second one second one was strange. It, it came at a weird moment in my life. I just had a sort of a, a tough moment of drama just before it happened. So it, it, it kind of took a backseat to the personal stuff that was going on at that time. Um, but we were. I had a friend of mine who's who was also going through um, a separation just before that time. So we we ended up being two single mums. And she's like, "Look, come join our bubble." Um, and she, I don't know, she saved us. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I think we really it really made it just to be with somebody. I think that after that uncertainty, that stress, that loneliness, just Expanding your bubble just that little bit to be able to, um, you know, function as as human beings in a, in a in a in a really like having another grown up in the house really helps when you're in a bubble uh, with kids. <laughs> really, yeah. really helps. You can team up. Yeah, you you don't. Yeah, you don't feel so lost. I quite liked the the term bubble because it was able to be interpreted for whatever was working for people. Mm. So, so long as it wasn't, you know, here's a hundred people and it's my bubble. Yeah, right. It was, if that's what's working for you and it's still only five or six people, then that's okay to, to have that as your bubble. I I liked that. The the term that we used so much was flexible. Yeah. I think people made some people made fun of it, but I liked it. <laughs> Indeed. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have "No My Ra" from Dave Dobbin. Why this one? So I chose this song because during lockdown one, um, uh, I think part of what helped me to survive both lockdowns was. Uh, you know, developing these little obsessions. So in lockdown one, my, my obsession was learning how to play that song on the piano and sing it in te reo because uh, it's just it's such a beautiful song um, and really moving. Uh, I lived overseas for about ooh, nine years. So, you know, just thinking about the people coming home uh, from other countries and it just, I, you know, I've been there. I, I know what it, what it's like to um, 
to, to miss home, to be homesick, and to then to come home and just feel that that um, the wairua of it and the welcome. The land itself is like it's calling to you. Te aroha auki a koe e tano a tia nei e tau whenua Rawa kore mai koe ki konei ka toro te ringa ki toka So you're back to commuting into Auckland? 
Yes, <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, recently changed from full-time to part-time work. So that's, uh, yeah, it, it was a little bit unsustainable <laughs> trying to, to do both. At least it's a nice, nice ferry ride. It's a beautiful commute. Gosh, sometimes you go in the morning, the water is so calm. It's, it's as if it's made of oil, uh, you know, but in a good way. It's, it's just like some magical place. And the light of the, over the islands in the morning. And you get to see the big new boats, the flying boats. Oh, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, not really my thing. I just sort of look over and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Mawira introduced you as a musician and an artist. Did you manage to do much music and art during the, the lockdowns? Some. You know, when I first heard that we were that the libraries were going to be closed and you know we, we, it was everything was uncertain you know from from week to week it was like we didn't know that it was going to last however many weeks it lasted at the beginning we just were like oh um oh don't come to work in a couple of days oh and i'm like yes i can stay <laughs> home and do fun stuff and be with my kids and um and you know we'll we'll do all sorts of things and we did some of those things it's oppressive too sometimes to be at home um, with just you and the kids and no, like not not allowed to go out and see people. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of social interaction that I think people were taking for granted that really um, came home. That yeah, actually we do. We do need people. We need to see people we know a little bit, see people we don't know, um, and not feel like they're um, well. There's going to be some kind of deadly disease spread between us. Um, you know, it got a bit weird. <laughs> one of the things. One of the things we've been talking about is how the not being allowed to be with community really brought communities together. But it's made me realise, talking to you, that it's the internet that enabled that. Mm -hmm. Not having internet during the first lockdown, did that? Did you still feel part of a community? Um, yes. Yes, because I, I felt really grateful that the community, that the community here um, had come together and was working together to make sure that we wouldn't get the, the terrible results that some other countries have seen with all of the deaths. You know, I, I feel really grateful as a Māori person that we have tried as much as possible to keep this disease out of our country um, because, you know, health outcomes for Māori are lower than for Pākehā here. And so, you know, I, I know the statistics say, you know, if, if something comes in and, and, and you know, knocks some people out, then it, it's going to hit harder with Māori people and, you know, our, our kaumatua is so important to us. It's just not, I feel so grateful, I feel really grateful. While we were, yeah, music helped me a lot during the first lockdown, you know, playing, trying to play songs on the piano. The girls 
did a lot of music, did a lot of music practice. Um, you know, it was less of a, it was less of a, um, less of a chore. It was more like, you know, one of the things that anchored us was my daughter's cello lesson. Her, her teacher is very experienced in giving Skype lessons because she actually already gives Skype lessons to kids all over the country. We're really lucky to have a brilliant cello teacher on Waiheke. Um, and she's, uh, she, she was so good at doing the Skype lesson that really anchored our week um, and helped, you know, because it was only one hour, so it fit within my internet capacity <laughs> to, to do. And, uh, yeah, it really helped. Um, and so, you know, the, the music, almost without realizing it, we did a lot of it because it was one of the things keeping us sane uh, <laughs> in, in, a, in some of the more insane moments. Um, and one day my, my daughter, my 10-year-old, was playing around, um, I think a friend of hers taught her the beginning of the Moonlight Sonata, the first movement. And she, uh, my daughter, played around with it and changed it to a major key and was just playing this chord progression over and over again. And it was just, I, I don't know, I could, I could, it was like I could hear this tune in my head um, and, and had, you know, all, the, all, these, all these feelings with um, the, the COVID and the uncertainty and the what the heck is happening to our world kind of a... Um, feeling. So uh, we, we with my daughters, we wrote the song together. We did the tune, we made up the words just to just to be able to express what we were feeling um, just for ourselves. It was towards the end of the lockdown though. If I'd had more connections, I would have tried to um, get it a proper recording done. I just imagine it with a whole lot of children singing and, um, you know, something really simple but beautiful. Okay, so we're going to try and sing it now. It's not going to be high quality recording because you're in a in Mawera sitting room, not in, not in a recording studio. Should we go? Let's go. Get, get the girls over. Let's go. <laughs> It's shining bright. It's gonna be a night. All around, all the world is still. I hope that we can make a difference to this fight. All the world is waiting. All the world holds its breath. A city far across the air. I heard our people's sing together there. Even though everything has changed, 
And changes always take us somewhere, but where? All the world is waiting. All the world takes us down. If we were in some other land, then you could walk with me and hold my hand. On the beach, we will run and play. We'd build a house made out of shipwreck and sand. All the world is waiting. All the world works as one. piano finishes the song it's <laughs> finished when the piano plays well done thank you welcome that's fabulous you should record that properly well i the idea was going to be to get you know different people around to sort of skype record themselves and splice it together i know that's possible i just don't have the um you know knowledge programs how to do that apart from playing around uh, with my own, you know, whatever's on my computer, but um, that was, by the time we polished the song uh, to that point, it was a week later, lockdown finished, so <laughs> here we go. <laughs> and you work with a school choir? I used to teach a school choir, yes. Um, you know, I, I regret that I had to stop that when I, you know, yeah, since it haven't I haven't taught it since before COVID, and I do miss it, and I regret it in some ways, but in other ways, had to um, just needed to take that time to to center myself and my family and make sure that we were okay within ourselves. Yeah, couldn't spread myself any thinner at that at that time, unfortunately. Lots of people are describing the the COVID, the lockdown, as a time of reset and a time, an opportunity to rethink what people are doing. So it sounds like you've been able to to take stock and and 
you know some things you're saying okay i can't do that i don't have time for that but but this thing here i'm, I'm going to celebrate and carry on um yeah so i think it, just because it mucks up with our own balance um you know uh, uh it's worth it obviously and i wouldn't have it any other way you know that if 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 being slightly off balance is what we have to pay for saving thousands of lives, that's so worth it. But um, yeah, just just I think it's it is important to be kind to ourselves as well to to regain our balance and make sure that we are that we are doing okay. And and in some ways, it was just inspiring some of the things about lockdown. Um, you know the when there were no cars around, Waiheke is a pretty safe place anyway, but when there were no cars, then I, I just felt totally comfortable sending the kids out for a bike ride because our road, with all of its blind corners and no footpaths, had no cars on it, no traffic. So it was just, it was kind of like we were back in some, you know, olden time uh, <laughs> when things were easier in some ways. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui, kia koutou ko tahuahau. Hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars, and your beloved universes. And I really hope that wherever you are and whatever is happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very fulfilling and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are triumph of nature's art, perfect thank you, so as we all know we have been on this journey together through lockdown level 4, level 3 level 2, level 1 level 2, level 2 point, level 3, level 2.5 level 2, level 1 and this has meant different things for all of us, as does all life. We all experience differently and we all bring a consciousness. For Harvey Penfold and I, going through this time together, I think, some time apart to work on ourselves. Harvey Penfold will be venturing forth up north and exploring his own adventures up there, having some time to understand who he is now. And I will be doing the same here in Aute Porti Stunny. And I'm very grateful for this opportunity, as painful and sad as it is, because what it enables us both to do is appreciate everything that we have shared, we have given to one another, really enjoy who we are now as a result and what we can do, what we want to do. So I've been going to see a lovely therapist and she said to me yesterday, you in denial, me in denial, because you're being so positive about these. And uh, I said, no. <laughs> I do feel very lucky because whilst we can appreciate that things are painful and we can appreciate that things are hard, absolutely, this is one aspect of love and I feel that that love will never go away. I feel that that love's always there and it's just expressed in different ways. And at this time, you know, I do have to express that love in a different way and I'm grateful for that opportunity. So I hope that whatever changes are taking place around you, you can appreciate them as part of a continuum of experience, as part of everything that is who you are now growing and evolving alongside all life and that beautiful process of co-evolution. So often I think we're encouraged to uh, find these changes to be 
quite frightening. And in many ways they are when things change because there's uncertainty. There might be feelings that we don't know what's next. There might be feelings that we've been treated badly or we haven't been fully understood and appreciated. And whilst all these feelings can be there, it's important to acknowledge them and give them space. I think there can also be feelings of a return to self when we are taking time for ourselves, that our self, our true self, has been waiting there for us all the time. We're coming home and our self is there, of course, to care for us and remind us how amazing we are, who we are. Of course, has been growing and changing beneath this layer of, of movement and this dance of the external world. So when we do have the opportunity to return to ourselves and go within and reconnect, often it's a great feast waiting for us, this great banquet to celebrate our homecoming. All of these learnings, all of these understandings, all of these new ways of being and seeing, doing and sharing and enjoying our place here in the world. So I hope that for you, if you are experiencing change around you, you also have the opportunity to go within, have that sense of returning home to yourself and the open arms, the love, the appreciation, all of those things that you need are there always for you. And I obviously really appreciate doing this five minutes with you each day. It's so helpful. I hope that you too have something creative that really helps to focus and refine your experience as a gift. And I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. So we've seen lots of changes in society over the last few months. What do you think is going to stick and what do you hope will stick? Um, you know, I'm not sure we have seen that many changes, to be honest, when you really think about it. I think um, what we have seen is that if everybody works together, we can make a change. Um, you know, we chose to do that in New Zealand for that temporary time. You know, we chose to make that change that it was essential that and we and everybody got on board to do that i think that's that is is the takeaway from lockdown is that um it's possible to make a change if you can get everyone working together in that way i think there's some changes that the world needs to make um desperately uh, it would be good if, if we could also work together to make those changes like, um, you know, tackling climate change and making just, just you know, how, how lockdown we had to slow down the hectic in our own personal lives. I, I feel like we need to slow down the hectic in, on a global scale anyway uh, is, is sorely needed if we're going to, you know, continue as... A species on this planet you know I like this planet I want us to be here <laughs> I think it's certainly shown that we can change if we want to and but if what, a lot of people work together but what worries me is that everybody is reporting that you know yes while there are some vulnerable people and you know some people did it hard during the lockdowns for a lot of people it was a time of relaxation is not the right word but it's one once my heads so I'll go with it it was a time of of that resetting and as you say we we enjoyed not rushing about we enjoyed there being um fewer cars on the road yeah but yeah. then as soon as it happened we all rushed back to work we all rushed around buying stuff i was desperate to go back to work i was going nuts 
I needed to go back to work. <laughs> At the same time, um, you know, one of the things I found challenging about the first lockdown was that work invaded my home and I couldn't stop it. I'd never, you know, it, it wasn't, it's like I couldn't, I couldn't disengage, but I also couldn't engage. It was I was in this weird limbo where I couldn't figure out where I was, and um, I had it was like I had, you know, the bad things of work were were sort of coming at me, um, but none of the good things, you know, the people, my colleagues, uh, the day to day, the the feeling that you're um, that you're I don't know helping people and making a difference, and that. Um, that change is possible. It was bizarre. So I, I don't. I wouldn't say that a reset is a comfortable thing to do. I, I think, you know, I think that's that's there was a lot of lot of deeper stuff going on uh, that I, that I felt for myself anyway, and I'm sure others felt that as well. I don't think lockdown was an easy time at all. But the reset that we need to deal with climate change or biodiversity collapse or, or social inequity on a, a global scale is going to be even more uncomfortable. Um, so what lessons do you think we can take on that sort of larger scale, longer time frames and so on? Yeah, I think zooming out on the picture is, is a good thing to be able to do. But it does require you to have that breathing space and that time to think, you know, what's really happening here? What's happening that's bigger than just me? So I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Biggest success that I've had? Hmm. Do you know what? My biggest success in the last couple of years was every moment that I spent with my weaving teacher. Um, every moment that I spend with her, um, I'm learning something, but also I feel like I'm, it's, it's like I'm building something. Um, a couple of years ago, I made a piece for a, an ex exhibition. It was part of a collective exhibition uh, of a collective of weavers. Um, but just the process of making that piece um, and just the connections that happen during the making of that piece, and and you know with others making their pieces and and weaving and learning and coming together, those that connection that's. Um, what was the thing you asked? What was the question you asked? Um, the best thing that happened to me in the last two years? <laughs> yeah, biggest biggest success. Yeah, that that was that was my biggest success. I can't say, you know. I mean, you know, there there've been stuff that I've done just me, but that doesn't feel like success to me. To just talk about one little thing that one little me has done, you know, it's like ugh. Who cares? You got a job. Big whoop. You know, it's <laughs> and at the same time, you know, you can't really. I don't know. I get uh, if 
by definition, the being part of the weaving and the learning and the collectivity of it, and the connection of it, you know, there's no success in that. It's just like something that surrounds you, like air or water. But um, I don't know. That's what success feels like to me. Just like a feeling of that things are right. Okay, so we are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. <laughs> it's our collection of people doing good work. So you're on our team. What is the superpower that's got you into our mansion? <laughs> Sorry, my children answered this for me before, but I'm not going to repeat what they said because they're, you know, eight and ten. <laughs> <laughs> um... My superpower. What's the point of what's the point of one person having one superpower? Um, it needs other people's superpowers to activate it. We we can't just have I don't know my superpower. I can see stuff, but what's the point in seeing stuff if you can't talk about stuff? What's the point in talking about stuff if you can't see stuff? So I don't know, but I feel like the two sides have to come together. The people who can see, the people who hear and can think about things have to come together with the people who know how to talk um, and and get, you know, that's when good things will happen. Yeah. So do you consider yourself to be an activist? I don't categorise myself or other people. <laughs> Sorry. Not categorised, despite working in a library. <laughs> that's why I. That, that's why I work in a library because I, I know. <laughs> I I roll my eyes at categories <laughs> and try to do the good work that goes a lot goes the the real. I don't know. <laughs> it don't make sense, but they hired me, so they must have done it for a reason, right? <laughs> I'm still there. <laughs> no. Which um... libraries? Libraries are more than just categorizing things. That's you know just the tiniest part of what libraries are. People really missed libraries. Um, they really missed the library during the lockdown and when the library was closed. You know, that's. Where in that stack do you feel most at home? When I am connecting people, see what you get. What people don't realize about libraries is that they're not just about the books. They kind of are, and they kind of aren't. On the one hand, we've got the people that work there, the librarians. We're there. We know where the knowledge is or how to find it. You know, um, that's being able to give people access, um, and then. Balancing that with how how you speak to people so that they can feel as if they can get access because that can be a barrier sometimes. Um, but at the same time, libraries a library is a place where you are welcome, where everybody's welcome, and you can just go there and just be there. You don't have to be doing something. You don't have to be looking for something. You can be, um, you know, just using the internet or rushing in to get a free toilet in the middle of the city but it's it's a place it's, it's you don't you don't even realize it's like a really special place because everyone's welcome but there are people there you know the librarians we're there we're looking after the space 
but we don't have to go up to you and try and sell you something or anything. We don't demand things of people or we just we just look after the place and the people. And that's unique. That's special. To me, that's what the library is. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, the hope that I will be able to make a difference in the world somehow. So what's the biggest challenge you're looking forward to in the next year or so? I'm hoping to get an opportunity to talk with people and record some of our stories of whoever wants to talk to me. I want to know more about um, weaving from down my area where you are now <laughs> with its beautiful sunset. Um, yeah, I'd like to just connect with people and um, record stories like you're doing. I think that's a really cool thing to do. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? People will always put on a brave face and try and show the best of what they're living, but you never really know. You know, what they're going through is probably just as shit as what you're going through. Um, and find those people, those golden people that you don't have to hide when you're in the same room with them and keep those people close to your heart and in your life. Thank you very much for that. Moira? Um, it's, it's kind of cool to have a different view of libraries. I, You know, I I'm a researcher, I think of libraries as information, I hadn't actually put them in that context of being so much more than that. Um, in a sense, they, I guess, are a centre for a community. That's really neat. Thank you, my cousin. Thank you for that. We shall go out to... Beethoven and Moonlight Sonata.
you've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. We're broadcast each weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed in podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay in Dunedin with Mwira Karatai in Whakatani and also in Whakatani but from Wahiki Island, Alice Karatai. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.